0: Thanks for joining us. The following is a presentation of Ignite Global Ministries and features the teaching of Pastor Ben Dixon. Pastor Ben has a vision of strengthening the church to impact the world. He serves as lead pastor at Northwest Foursquare Church in Federal Way, Washington. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Daily Word. I'm Pastor Jared, Um, glad to be here with you again, I'm excited to bring uh, Acts 26, we're reading Acts 26, Um, yeah, so let's just, uh, let's just open up with some prayer, I'll give you a second, you can, as you're turning your Bible to Acts 26, um, getting out your pen and paper, maybe, maybe you're going to be doing some notes or something like that, Um, so I'll be, I'll pray. Father, Lord, I thank you this morning that we get to get into your word, God. There's nothing like being in your word. There's nothing like being in your presence, God. So Holy Spirit, we just ask right now that you would speak to us through your word, that we would hear your voice, and that we would be encouraged to walk with you today, Jesus. So Lord, we just, we just ask that you would come right now, and we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, before I actually read the scripture, I uh, I did a quick uh, uh, run. I I just Googled uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul's timeline, and this is from the Blue Letter Bible website. There's actually a lot of websites you can use if you're interested in like where should I go to study, what's trusted, what can I use uh way back in the day when uh the blue letter bible used to be like um something you had to buy and download it's actually free now on the internet and it's a great source you can use it and it can even if you're really getting into like studying like the the meanings of words from its original text like what does it mean what does it say you know um it's a great source there's some other sources too and uh, when i was a young believer young dad uh i remember we ra- we found this website and it was called biblos.com and we used to always throw that around at church like biblos have you been to biblos and and they changed their their website domain to biblehub.com many of you probably have used it i actually really like that site it's it's a great source uh i did bible college and anytime i would cite the bible in my papers i would use biblehub.com and I would I would just use it cuz it was really easy to cite it that way and it had like every translation and the Greek and the Hebrew and so um it was a good way for me to cite a web page that actually had every translation. I I really liked it. And I know Blue Letter does a really good job too. Um and you've probably heard Pastor Ben say this before and I actually took his advice but um Bible Gateway Bible Gateway has a, is a great resource. You can actually pay for an annual fee of like $30-some, and you get like six or seven different study Bible commentaries and some different Bible dictionaries and all sorts of sources uh, right there. Uh, and the way they lay it out is really convenient, so where you can see the scripture and you can see the commentary all on one page. It's actually uh, really – I use it quite a bit. I, I like that source. Uh, but there's all these different online sources. I would say Bible Hub, Blue Letter, and Gateway are three great sources if you're ever just looking, you want to do a little more study. They have maps and, and, and timelines and topical studies and, and they have like, like uh church fathers, early church fathers writings. There, there, there's lots of stuff on there that's free that that we didn't have, you know, 10 years ago. So praise God for that. Thank you that we have this. But I I searched the life of Paul, the timeline of Paul, and I want to kind of get us in context of like where we are in the story. I know that you've been following every day and you're like, I know where we are in the story. But it was just a, it was a good reminder. I really, I really enjoyed it this morning. So I wanted to share that with you. But, uh, you know, Paul was born in five, the, uh, after Christ, uh, AD, 5 AD, Um he was born around then, and he was born in Tarsus. This is uh, this is north of Israel, um, and he was a Roman citizen. He went to school in fifteen and twenty. Uh, he became a Pharisee in thirty-one, and you know this is Jesus, right? He was he was becoming a Pharisee when Jesus was going around doing his ministry. So it kind of puts that in context. Sometimes in my own mind, I, I always thought like. You know, Paul completely separate from Jesus, and maybe he wasn't in Jerusalem when Jesus was in Jerusalem or, or in Galilee or wh- wherever, wherever this guy's school is, Gamaliel, uh, it says Jerusalem. So Paul was in Jerusalem, um, and uh, then we see that he travels around persecuting um, Christians, and let's see, he, on the road to Damascus is 34 so that's like, you know, that's that we're going to read about that story today again. But that happened about 34. And then he goes on his first mission around in the four, late 40s. So like there is quite a few years where Paul and I know we've talked about this before, but Paul didn't like get blinded and knocked to the ground and then like and converted and then just bam out in the mission field. And he was this great missionary for Jesus um, like there was years of him in this relationship with God where he he was not out doing missionary work but he had the call on his life way years and years before I think it, I think if you do the math and all the times he says it I think it's about 16 years 13 16 years don't quote me on that you could come up to me later and correct me <laughs> but my point is there's a lot of years and so he goes on that first mission and that's about 49. He goes to the Jerusalem and count, or the council in Jerusalem. You can remember he gets in the argument about, you know, not being circumcised, the, had the Gentiles have their own way in, and, um, and how he goes back on his second mission where he breaks up with, with uh, Barnabas and he goes with Silas now. And that's his second mission. That's around 50. And so he's out doing that second mission tell about the late 50s uh here it says 57 and then that is where we have been we've been in the book of acts where he goes back to Jerusalem because remember Paul is a Jew and he said we don't do away with the law like we don't forsake it like especially the the Jewish people like god gave them the the torah god gave them these commands and, and, he, and just because they're messianic and the, and the Messiah is come and they believe in Jesus doesn't mean that he didn't have a conviction to go to the temple still, that he didn't have a, a, a heart to go do the things that, that God had instructed him to do. He was out preaching a message to the Gentiles and to the Jews to be right with God and come, now the Messiah is here. Um, but he still desired to go, like he wasn't forsaking Jerusalem. He wanted to go back. And so he did, and he went to the temple, and then we've read about how he got arrested and how God divinely protected him and put him in jail. And so this is where we're leading up to today in uh, Acts 26, um, where he's going to give his defense to the king Agrippa. So if you're ready, we're just going to read through it. And then we'll go back and we'll talk about it, and uh, and then we'll close out the day. So here we go. Verse 1, chapter 26. I got page 1,398. So I don't know if that helps you, but all right, just, here we go. Uh, so Agrippa said to Paul, you have permission to speak for yourself. So he gives him permission. Then Paul, stretching out his hand, made his defense. So, um... You know he's he's stretching out his hand like a salutation, a greeting, and and this is his defense. He says, "I consider myself fortunate uh, that it is before you, King Agrippa." Um. I'll, we'll come back to this, but but there's this whole history you can study about the Herods, right? Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, but he says i'm going to make my defense today against all the accusations of the jews especially because you are familiar with all the customs and the uh, and controversies of the jews therefore i beg you to listen to me patiently my manner of life from my youth spent from the beginning among my own nation and in jerusalem is known by all the jews They have known for a long time if they are willing to testify and according to the strictest party of our religion, I have lived as a Pharisee and now I stand here on trial because of my hope in the promise made by God to our father, to which our 12 tribes, uh, hope to, to which our 12 tribes hope to attain as they earnestly worship night and day. And for this hope I am accused by Jews. O king, why is it that incredible uh sorry, uh verse 8, why is it the why is it thought incredible by any of you that God raises the dead? I mean, he's bringing up resurrection of the dead. I mean, we've read about this before. That's how he got out of the uh got the the Jewish council to divide, remember? <laughs> um I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth, and as I did so in Jerusalem, I not only uh, locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priest, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. I and I punished them often in all the synagogues, and I, try, and I tried to make them blaspheme, and in raging fury against them, I persecuted them, even in foreign cities. So like he's going outside Jerusalem, right? Like foreign cities, the road to Damascus. Verse 12, in this occasion, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and the commission of the chief priest. At midday, noon, right? Um, o king, I, on the way... A light from heaven, brighter than the sun. So like, it's sunny out at noon, right? It's pretty bright at noon, but this light is brighter than the light of noon. It's interesting. Brighter than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why, do you, why are you persecuting me? Um. It is hard for you to kick. Uh, it is hard for you to kick against the goids. And I said, uh, "Who are you, Lord?" And the Lord said, "I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting." But, ri- but rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and a witness to the things in which you have seen me, and those in which I will appear to you. Delivering you from your people and from the, the Gentiles to whom I am sending you. Uh, you. You'll recall at one point Paul even says, "Like no man commissioned me, but but Jesus himself." Like like this happened, you know. Jesus commissioned him. He told him his calling in the very beginning. Years there were years before he was sent out officially through the through the twelve apostles uh, with Barnabas on a mission. Uh, but he knew his calling. Jesus gave it to him right here. Um, deliver, in verse 17, Delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, uh, to open their eyes, so that they may turn from the darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and place among those who are sanctified by a faith in me. Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the regions of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God. Like, that's, we talk, that was a big observation for me. We'll come back to that. Uh, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. For this reason, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. To this day, I have... Uh, I had the help that comes from God, and so I stand here testifying both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass—that the Christ, the Messiah, right, the the promised one, the Christ must suffer, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light. Both to the people and to the Gentiles, like he's saying, like this was something that is told in the Old Testament. This is the old, the New Testament in the Bible is the Old Testament revealed. Like the Old Testament speaks of the Messiah, it speaks of Jesus, and he's saying, you know that this is spoken of from Moses and the prophets. Like, like this is this is nothing that that I've made up. It's clear um, that Jesus is that the Messiah is to come. And that he is to raise from the dead and to proclaim light to both the Jews and the Gentiles. Um, and as he was saying these things in his defense, Festus. Now, 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 uh, just paint the picture really quick. He he's with Festus, who's the governor, Rome, the Roman governor, and King Agrippa is the the king o- over the area. And we'll talk about the the Herods, but. But, um, so Festus is in this court, right? And Festus speaks up, right? He's, he's a Roman. He's not a Jew at all. And he said with a loud voice, I think he's almost laughing, right? Like, Paul, you're out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. Like you're saying a guy came back from the dead and he shined a bright light around you and blinded you and, Like, this is foretold in the Old Testament. Like, like he's just saying you're crazy, pretty much. You're out of your mind. Like, but Paul said, I'm not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I am speaking true and rational words. For the king knows about these things, and to him I speak boldly. For I am persuaded that none of these things uh, has escaped his notice, for this has not been done in the corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. And Agrippa said to Paul, "In a short time, or in a small time, would you persuade me too to be a Christian?" And Paul said, "Whether short or long, I would to, I would to God that not only you." but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am except for these chains. Then the King rose and the governor and Bernice and those who were sitting with them. And when they had withdrew, they said to one another, this man is doing nothing that deserves death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, this man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. So this is uh. This is a, a huge opportunity for Paul. I think he knows that. Remember, Paul's been in prison for, for over, a couple, I think, a couple years. I could be wrong. He's been in prison a long time just to keep him quiet, to keep him from causing you know uprise in, in the region. Um, just so you understand, the, the Herods, like we remember the Herod, right, who Jesus fled because... He tried killing all of the babies, and the there's the wise men. So this this is you know the, the same line of kings, and then we have we have different Herods that take different uh, political positions a, uh, of kings, and they're very wealthy, very wealthy. Uh, uh, we went to Israel, and we would go to these massive like castles and, and, and areas that are still around because the 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 Herods had so much money out in Caesarea, you know, they, they had one Herod who I believe, uh, Herod Agrippa, the one, the first one, because this is Herod Agrippa II, also referred to as Agrippa. But the first one, I believe is the one who killed Peter and James, son of Zebedee. And like, he had these, um, we, we went out there, it's right by the, right by the Mediterranean Sea. And they have like a, a, a place to do all of the, uh, competitions like all of the the, the races and everything—it's uh, still there. All of the coliseum-type seating and like this big area for entertainment. Like they were really wealthy. They they brought in games and entertainment and um, and then there's another Herod castle that we went to that's just outside Jerusalem and it's way up on this hill and and so this is a very wealthy. These are kings. They were put in place through. Through money, through power, as a political position, but Herod actually believed wanted the favor of the Jewish people, and so he knew what the Jewish people believed. he knew their, the, 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 the Pharaoh, he knew who the Pharisees were he knew the religious leaders because the religious leaders remember the Pharisees were the religious leaders of the Jewish people, and they actually had political position amongst the Jewish people there now he was the The King over the area, so he wanted to know his people so he knew the the Bible he knew what they they the prophets he knew what they believed he he understood what the people wanted and who they were and so um so Paul understands that Paul is like a Pharisee of the Pharisees like he's reminding them in his defense like I grew up learning and studying like I, I was a Pharisee I grew up in the strictest sect of Pharisees like and i you know, and so he he's building this defense by telling him like, I understand what they believe. I understand all of this. Matter of fact, I was so passionate about it that I was per- casting my my uh, my vote to have people persecuted and killed and thrown in prison. And he tried his hardest to get them to renounce Jesus, to get them to blaspheme, and like like he was trying to get them to go against the way, right? and he was trying really hard, and Jesus says that. Jesus says, you kick against the goids. Like, that's not in the other accounts. Like this is, There's three accounts of this story of Paul on the road to Damascus, and so this is the third time we're reading it now, right? But this is something new that he says that Jesus said to him. We, we get a new picture of what Jesus says in this story. Um, I believe that Paul saw the genuineness of the people, of these Christians and he, they had the Holy Spirit in them, right? And the Holy Spirit on them. And, and I mean, just, we, we have church services now. And when someone full of the Holy Spirit who's moving in the gifts of the spirit and they, they lay hands on you and they pray, you feel the presence of God. Like it moves you. There's not your spirit is touched. Your spirit is, you know, stirred up. And, and so, you know, I can just imagine Paul meeting Christians and trying to get them to renounce it, like that, had to affect him. He had to have, you know, in his dead spirit at that time, he he didn't, hadn't accepted Jesus, right? It, it, it's like wanting to come to life, like every time he was around a believer, and he probably sensed it. God was probably pulling at him in, in all of these experiences, but he was uh, fighting against the coins. like he was he was fighting against it to the point where Jesus had to take had to knock him down on the road to Damascus. And I know we've talked about it two other times in the Daily Word, but just imagine, it's noon time, it's bright out, it's hot out. Like if you've ever been to the region, it's 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 pretty hot there, you know, and it can be. it's But it's midday, even just midday, like noon, It's it's pretty bright outside. Even with clouds, it's pretty bright outside. And here comes a light that shines that just, you can't see anything, and you fall to the ground. It was. I mean, this is an experience he's telling them that happened, and he's saying, "Who was it? It was Jesus. (laughs) Jesus, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Like this is his he his story. I mean, you can imagine he is preaching." to Agrippa here. He is, and he can sense that that Agrippa is is hearing what he's saying. It says that all men are drawn by the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, like the, the word of God, the testimony of God is going forth and, 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 it, and it touches everyone. And so Paul sees this opportunity where he gets to go before the king and before the governor and before all the people with him, right? So this is a whole nother, like when we talked about like culture, and people groups of the time, all the people who who lived and were around the the king, they were in their whole other class. They were wealthy. They were they were uh, they were not living, you know, in, in where the Jewish people were probably, or not just Jewish people, but a lower class of people. These are wealthy people. These are people that he normally wouldn't get an audience for. So he sees this as an opportunity. I mean, he, he, he took every opportunity. When he was in prison, he wrote letters. I'm sure he was witnessing to the guards. I'm sure he was talking to everybody. I mean, Paul took his call on his life serious. No matter where he was, he was preaching the good news. It reminds me of a guy that I've read. If you've never read this guy before, uh, um, there's a guy in China, and his name uh, is Watchman Nee. And you can you can get his biography and you can read it, or you can read any, he's written many many books, and uh, uh, but he he like he's he's radical. Anyway, he gets thrown in prison at the end of his life, and he's supposed to get out at the end of his life, but then they come up with some more phony charges against Watchman Nee, and then he ends up dying in prison. And there's actually one of the the, the jailer that that jailed him, Watchman Nee converted. And he escapes China to, or, yeah, to Taiwan out there and, 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 he, and brings even some more stuff that, from, from Watchman knee that, that we didn't have before. But it just reminds me of Watchman knee like, like any opportunity he had to lead someone to Jesus like he was, even his jailer at the end of his life, he, he saw that as the new assignment that God had for him. You know, he, he praised God, even in his circumstance and his situation. And, and and it it was hard for me when I read that, I thought, oh man, like I remember getting emotional reading that, that Watchman died in prison. I was like, um, but over the years I realized that Watchman took every opportunity he had to, to bring people to Jesus. And it's like, I I see that in Paul. Paul here is in prison. He doesn't know. He, he has the confirmed that Jesus came and stood over him and said, you're going to go to Rome so I mean he has hope and he has faith that God's going to fulfill his promise to him um but here he gets an opportunity to go before the king. And I'm sure it's there there's all these other people too that says, right? So there's this there's this crowd, and he's just this is the he's gonna bring the best sermon that he has ever brought in to this group of people because he would go into synagogues, he'd preach to Jews, then he'd go out on the street and he'd preach to the Gentiles, and he'd start these churches that were in houses, and he so he was used to preaching. He had he was used to speaking, he understood how to, uh, how to bring a message. I mean, the Holy Spirit had moved through him. He had seen, uh, conversions. He had prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He, he had moved in the gifts and the powers of the Holy Spirit, right? Where words of knowledge, words of wisdom. And and a matter of fact, he, he even says like to Agrippa, like, you know, uh, do you believe in the prophets? I know you do. Like, was he just saying that or did he have a word of knowledge? was the holy spirit speaking to him and showing him that that this was something that he could he, he there was going to be salvation for king agrippa and even king agrippa admits at one point like you know in a little while you're going to you're going to convince me and I'm going to be a christian. I mean you could take that in any sort of way but but I just believe that Paul he took this opportunity to preach. I believe the power of God was on him. I believe that the word of God was going out uh Festus clearly was just like you're mad you're crazy and there there was there was a wall there probably a spiritual block from him even hearing the message but i believe his audience was agrippa and probably all his his people who who he would hang with um which is the wealthy right and he so he's preaching this message and and i just there's this point here where he says let me find it um verse 17, deliver you from the people and from the Gentiles to whom I'm sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from the darkness to light and from the power of Satan uh, to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins um, and place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And uh, therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision but declared first in Damascus and then in Jerusalem and through all the region of Judea and also to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God. I just uh, that just struck me as I read that this morning that's my big observation for uh, for f- that was for me today and that I want to bring to you to encourage you today too is that like we have the good news of Jesus. And no matter what opportunity we get, we should take it, like wherever we are, whatever assignment God has put on us, like whatever you do, whatever your job is, wherever you work, whatever your marketplace, marketplace assignment is, Jesus has placed you there. Like if you're a if you were a doctor you'd be a professing doctor for Jesus you know the that they should repent and turn to God like like if you're a teacher you know I know there were a lot of that's online but like just being a professing teacher that that we need to repent and turn to God if you work in hospital or any medical care like that's your marketplace that you would profess Jesus to repent and turn to God you know like wherever you are construction I used to dig holes for a living and, and wherever you are right just that you would profess Jesus and that people would repent and turn to God like God has got us on mission with Jesus to see the lost saved and to see disciples made and the first step of becoming a disciple of Jesus is to do this very thing is to repent and turn to God and and it just it just it, you know sometimes when you're reading the word and it's almost like it's highlighted and you haven't even highlighted it yet and then you get your highlighter out and you highlight it you know like it was just like it was so clear i read that like just just repent and turn to god like that's the message for us today like there there is a there is a message that god wants us to repent and turn to him like I used to preach it all the time to our youth, but like repent is an action word. Yes, the Bible says confess your sins to one another. Yes, we we must believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised Him from the dead. You know, and when you do that, you're saved. You know, like but the but repentance is an action. It's a verb. Like I'm walking this way, and then I turn, and now I walk this way. You know, so it's following Jesus. We need to follow Jesus and people that, are, that are, have the, just the, their bondage of the world on them. Like, I see it now. I, I, I mean, I've seen it before, but it's like I see it. Like, when you see the bondage on people, you see a spiritual bondage, like, some, like, like a big, heavy garment that's just weighing someone down. It's just, it's just the, the the enemy has lied to people, and they believe these lies, and they just they are living them because that's that's what the enemy has done. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and he wants people to to not believe in Jesus, not turn from their sins and get freedom, not 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 live this way, you know. And I I, I just read this story; it's like such a great part climax to the to moment. I think while well, Paul is before this great you know, court. And he takes that opportunity in boldness and in faith to just give it everything, you know? Like sometimes I think I've held back in my, in my life, like, because like, oh, I'll give Jesus everything, you know, when things, when the stars align, you know, <laughs> or like when everything's just right, you know? But I just see Paul as a guy who just gives Jesus everything. He just had faith. He had hope. He believed. I mean, he had doubts, Jesus came and stood over him. I believe he had doubts, but he said, "You're gonna go to Rome. <laughs> You're gonna go preach in Rome. Like, don't worry, Paul. Keep going. Like, that's what God's called us to. He's called us to be radical. Like, He has. I, I, I know that we we need to think about." Uh, the longevity, and we need to think about legacy, and we need to think about, you know, the, our children and raising them in the Lord. And sometimes I think, I, I've heard people say it, and I've, it's been told to me, and I've even found myself walking a certain way that I just need to get through. I just need to, 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 la- to last. Or just to, Don't be too radical. Um, you know, just, just kind of find that, 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 that soft place in between radical and, and, and backsliding, right? Like, just just do enough you know? But I think Jesus has called us to be radical. I think he has. And I think it takes faith. It takes belief of just trusting God that he is who he says he is, that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. Like Paul, like he could have gone before them and he could have got released. He could have been released right there and gone on a third mission but he just believed, he took every opportunity, and he was moving in the powers and gift of the Holy Spirit and doing it. like he preached this sermon. He saw this as a new opportunity, so that we, the encouragement's day is that we would take what God has put in front of us. And we would pray, and we would say, "Yes, Lord, like this is my assignment, this is my opportunity, this is what you've given me. I want to be faithful with little, so that I can be faithful with much, like that I would take the the, the things that you've given me today god the 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 places I go, the people I see, that God wherever I go that you, that I could bless someone today, that I could be the hands and feet of Jesus today to the world, that I could tell people that you." are good, you know, that that there there's peace that passes understanding. There's a joy that's overflowing and it doesn't even make sense in the midst of, of craziness and, and hard times and suffering and, and and persecution and all of this, there's 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 hope. There's hope. There there's something that I can believe for a future that's that's great. Um, our world so needs that. People who don't need Je- the, who don't know Jesus, they they so need that. Um, because the world is just telling them to get by or, or cope or medicate or, or what, whatever it is that they're doing. And, and uh, we need to be the light of Jesus to the world. And I just read that like they should repent and turn to God. So that's what I'm going to close with today. I know it's kind of short. We're only about 30 some minutes into today. But um, I just wanted to encourage us that we, we are on mission. With Jesus, Jesus is with us, we're on mission with Jesus, and so that's that's going to be my prayer for us today. So <clears throat> let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you for your word, God. I thank you uh, that, that it was recorded that we have this story from Paul where he went before the governor and the king, and he he did something that was radical. and God, I just pray that that we could trust you, that you would rise up that hope in our hearts, God that we would believe with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, God, we, we would love you. We would, we would believe in you and that hope would be in us, God, that we would be radical believers for you, Jesus. Lord, that you, the love of God would be in us so much that it, it would just come out of our mouths, that we would just be a people who just profess the goodness of God, profess that, that there is an answer and a solution to the problem of this world, God. Lord, today I just ask that you to guide our steps everywhere we go, everything we do, everything we put our hand to, God, Lord, that it would have your blessing and, and, and you on it, God. Holy Spirit, that you would, you would lead us in the way that we talk to people and the things that we say. And, and Lord, we just surrender to you. We submit it all to you, God, and we ask that you would, you would lead and guide us today, God, that people could come to know you, that people who do know you will come to know you deeper, Jesus. Lord, use us today, God. Give prophetic words to us today, God, for people. Give us words of knowledge and words of wisdom, words of knowledge that we could be the hands and feet. God, I pray that we would have faith to pray for healing today, Jesus, when we see people broken. That we would just be a people that are convicted that you have the answers and the solutions and that we would just ask someone if we could pray for them. God, I just pray that that we would believe there would be no doubt in our mind that you are the God of the universe, the God who saves, the God who has all the answers and solutions for us. So Lord, I thank you for, for my my brothers and sisters who are who are online with us today. And I just pray that you would just your presence would be rich with them right now. Be on them in power. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about Ignite Global Ministries, please go to our website, igniteglobalministries.org. While there, check out our Immersion Discipleship School and the books Pastor Ben has written.